0: They may not have seen it all, but they've experienced 4th and 26, stinks it and trash. AI's crossover, throwing batteries at J.D. Drew, Brad Lidge hugging Carlos Ruiz, the Legion of Doom, and thousands of wins and losses over three decades of fandom. Talking sports with a passion only Philly fans can comprehend, it's the Brotherly Love Podcast. Here are your hosts, Joe O'Donnell and John Mita. What is up, SoundCloud.com? It is the Brotherly Love Podcast. Joe O'Donnell, John Mita here with you. We are
1: live and in person. How are you, brother? It's good to be here. Good to be live. Now it sound like actual real people. In a studio, so to speak, so you've got to love that aspect. Yeah, right?
0: hell of a studio here with the fan on, trying to keep it below 95 degrees in your exactly. attic.
1: Exactly, yeah. Well, you know, I did have some window treatments. They weren't the most aesthetically pleasing. They were like black sheets, but <laughs> they kind of kept the sun out of here. But uh, we were doing some spring cleaning, so to speak, on my third floor here. And uh, needless to say, it's a uh, hot box up here. So this will be a short but <laughs> very effective Brotherly Love podcast for sure.
0: Is this where it all began, or did we st- was the first one down the shore?
1: No, the first one, it all started in Stone Harbor, man. 9801 Stone Harbor and okay. a kind of a uh, little bit of a rainstorm, just like some drizzle. Yeah. You know, I and was then was episode two up here? Episode, no, I don't think so. I think we did episode two was in the studio. I, I don't think. You we, think
0: this is only the second time we've been in the attic?
1: <clears throat> I think so.
0: About this time last year?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Well, we are approaching 3,000 clicks on SoundCloud.com. We We may have actually cracked 3,000. I haven't checked in a minute, uh, believe it or not. But, again, appreciate all the love and support on SoundCloud.com, the Brotherly Love Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, at BeLove Podcast, where I was trying to troll the National Football League Twitter account not too long ago because they got hacked, and (laughs) they sent out a tweet, the NFL's – like legitimate Twitter account, sent out a tweet saying that Roger Goodell had passed away and uh, and he was 57 years old RIP. And I was like, this looks funky. And a few minutes later started to see Roger Goodell's alive, NFL Twitter account has been hacked.
1: Yeah, I wonder who did it. Probably those guys from Anonymous, man. They are pretty crafty with their uh, technology hacking skills, so to speak. I mean, if these people in this country would just – you know, take a minute and do more productive things with their <laughs> life. Like, maybe work for our government and, like, go after the bad guys and get paid handsomely for it. Here is the That'd exact tweet, idea. Johnny
0: meter Re- We regret to inform our fans that our commissioner, Roger Goodell, has passed away. He was 57, hashtag RIP. It got 2,100 retweets in the moments it was up. Uh, it was actually liked 792 times. Uh, <sighs> so from the at Beloved Podcast Twitter account, I started to fire things off. Like once they said he was alive, uh, bummer. I guess uh, worrying about concussions will occur once he's really dead, those sorts of things.
1: He's definitely not really well liked. No, him? I he's just, not. I, I can't stand him either. It's just like at he's first, very unlikable. No, I mean, he came in really strong. You thought like he had a great vision for this league in years to come. And then there's just been so much scandal going on. Yep. Just from everything from the like gate and the gate and then there's Ray Rice situation. That they the Ray Rice situation up. that he just totally unexplicably handled. That was just horrendous. And this guy's getting paid a lot of money. Like I guess he made like fifty mil last year. I would love to make fifty mil. Was it like, you, in a lifetime? Was
0: it you that were that was telling me that there was a report leaked that he totally disregarded a set of, uh, Oh yeah. That's a good correspondence po- on the concussion uh, updates. Exactly. And the CTE so, And
1: yeah, I think it's the, uh, what is it? The national health and safety board or something. They put out a report. Basically the NFL said that they would give $30 million to research, you know, going forward to do some more research on concussions and the effects that it has on their players moving forward. Cause Once the release of the movie Concussion has come out, there's just been so much going on as far as player safety goes. Now, they've done over the last couple of years, Roger Goodell, has kind of made this emphasis. And from what I understand is they published this report and it kind of wasn't to his liking. And he said that he did not have enough time to read the report, even though he was commuting from New York to North Carolina people. Let me say that one more time. New York to North Carolina. So he didn't have time on the plane to read. You know, was was it due to the fact that maybe he didn't like some of the findings of the report? And that's why. So it's not a good look for the NFL. Not a good look at all. And to come out, I don't know who came out and said that. I don't know what PR official or what. But that person should lose their job just because that's just ridiculous. Even if you think that, why would you even say that or state that or put that in writing or put that?
0: And if somebody leaked that, that he hadn't, that he, you know, quote, didn't have time to read that report, you know, that's just somebody that means it's trying to backstab him within the NFL offices, within upper management of the the National Football League. So it's uh, it's a rotten situation there. And Roger Goodell, you're right, very – uh, not liked if we were going to do one of those political polls, those uh, opinion polls on where you rate somebody and and your is that a likability poll that they do with some of the politicians? Yeah, he'd be uh, he wouldn't be getting too many likes in that category. No. But anyway, we've got a lot to get into on the Brotherly Love podcast. Not so much about the NFL Twitter account being hacked, but Eagles minicamp opening. Darren Sproles and Fletcher Cox have shown up. So let's just gloss over
1: that real woo, quick. Woo, 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 woo. Uh, any <laughs> surprise that Sproles and Cox? No. I mean, apparently somebody told one of my friends, he's in knucklehead, said like he was going to get fined $78,000 a day. That's Fletcher Cox. I think that's what it would cost them for the week of minicamp. $78,000 is pretty exorbitant fine. But um, no, I mean, this is mandatory. This is when guys are supposed to be here. Obviously, there's a new coaching staff coming in. There's a new regime. There's a new defensive coordinator. There's a new pretty much the whole entire system. The whole entire culture is brand new. So you want your guys to show up voluntarily for the other workouts. But you can certainly understand. I mean, Darren Sproles, he should have been there. There's no question about it. However, he's a wily veteran. I don't think it's going to make that big of a difference, the fact that that guy missed a couple involuntary mandatory OTAs or not mandatory, involuntary OTAs due to the fact that the guy keeps himself in terrific. He's, like, always in shape. Yeah. He always takes care of his body. So, for him, I'm not concerned. Fletcher Cox, we all know what's going on there, people. This guy's got to get paid one way or another. The question is, do you guys, I mean, do the Eagles, Philadelphia Eagles and the organization, give this guy $100 million? That is the big question. Is he worth $100 million? He is a stalwart defensive tackle. Dominic too. It's always like when it comes out of contracts, it's always goes, Okay, well, what does somebody with my similar talent or skill set get with their last contract? Right. And everybody wants to play, Well, I know I'm as good as him, if not better. So if he got a hundred million, I won a hundred and twenty. So that's the slippery slope that the Eagles organization's dealing with with Fletcher Cox and his agent. And hopefully they can get a deal done before. Um, The season starts. However, it's not necessary. Right. I mean, we still have all rights. the leverage here. Exactly. So go ahead, Joe. I mean, what are your thoughts on these I, guys attending the camps?
0: I I think it's great. It's exactly what you need. You I think you hit on it perfectly. It's a new regime, a new era. Whether I'm thrilled with the coach and, and whatnot, uh, it doesn't matter. The bottom line is you want your veteran guys there. You want your full team participation. You want to kick things off on the right foot. Granted, it's only mini camp but I'm not surprised that all those guys showed up. In fact, I would have been almost shocked if what I consider to be character players, veteran leadership, core guys in Sproles and Cox didn't show up. So nice to see that they got in town in time, uh, and hopefully Doug Peterson and his crew start to implement the foundation for what we hope will be a winning program moving forward. Now quickly on the Eagles as well, John Meadham, on my drive over here to the Attic Studios uh, (laughs) on the no-outlet Street, that is your casa. Yeah. I I think I'm probably going to be getting towed by the time we get out of here. Josh Ennis was on, running his show, 94 WIP, the Josh Ennis Show. He had an interview guest on who I I didn't have it on long enough to even hear him reset who the interviewee was, who the guest was. However, he said to said guest, as they were talking about Bradford and whatnot, that the expectations for this team are probably 7-9, 8-8, fair to say, and the guest agreed what the hell? Is that the expectation for this team?
1: Let seven, me ask you. Is your expectation
0: enough? for the Philadelphia Eagles 8-8? Eight eight? If they go 8-8, eight eight, is John Mita happy?
1: I, listen, nobody's ever happy with 8-8. Eight eight, no, but, but I that's, that's, that's not a, what I'm no, I, I really think that's a reasonable expectation. Why? Unless the offense catches complete uh. fine. Because their schedule is very difficult. Have you looked at their schedule? I know you have. They got to play the AFC North, man. First of all, there's you get Baltimore, they are, Cincinnati. They should get off to a good Pittsburgh, start. Pittsburgh and the only their cupcake first two games are Cleveland. cupcakes, yeah, and well, that's the Cleveland. first game of the season. That's and then you go to game.
0: Chicago, and the Bears aren't any well, good. They're terrible too. You're right. They, so they you could be two and zero theoretically. Here's the thing that bothers me. We went over this. All right. It, I, I, well, is this th- Philadelphia? Is Howie Roseman not trying to win now? Is Doug Pete? Was Doug Peterson brought in here to rebuild? No. Did I miss no. the memo? I uh, know. I don't think Seriously. they're rebuilding. I just then think why re- should eight and eight be a good season? Nobody said. I never. Is Carson it. Wentz starting September whatever against the Browns?
1: I can only hope and pray. Oh,
0: my God. <laughs> hey, your boy Chase Daniel looked good the other day know. Know, in minicamp or Damn OTAs. Right I know. That's Chase, embarrassing. Chase, you is, know who looked good he's, in he's shorts? He's gonna, he's Kevin good. Curtis looked good in shorts. Kevin Curtis. You remember good. that McNabb to Curtis, uh, three touchdowns in the yeah. scrimmage. Kevin Curtis
1: had great calf muscles.
0: <laughs> he had one good game, the three touchdowns yeah, against the Lions. Exactly. Never heard from again. Yeah, I just, exactly. I'm very bothered by this. I want, <clears throat> I want the football team I root for to win. All right. Mean, and if think... they're rebuilding, I want to know they're rebuilding. Like the Flyers have admitted, yeah. the Phillies have admitted, yeah. and the Sixers have admitted. There's and it's, just... a, it's an embarrassing
1: time for Philadelphia if all four teams are legitimately, openly rebuilding. That stinks. Yeah, well, it's just a period. There's so many unknowns, Joe. How is the new defensive quarter going to come in, and how is that going to translate, right? Receivers. Nelson Aguilar, if he doesn't step it up big time, we're in serious trouble as far as our receiving core. I just don't Running like... Running backs. Especially Kenyon the division. Barger apparently is
0: looking the unbelievable The Patriots are not in, in the NFC East. The Broncos are not in the, the NFC Patriots East. The Patriots have The Panthers are not in the NFC East. Right. right. The Cowboys and Tony Romo, Kirk Cousins and the Redskins, and Sheila Manning and the Giants. Right. Well, if Sheila. you
1: can't beat those teams... The division's open, man. It's okay, open. so why is
0: 8-8 eight and eight an expectation for anybody in this town? If anybody at Nova cares, like, man, if we get to 8-8... Eight and eight, that's gonna be a great year. Maybe for it's not expectation.
1: Maybe it's a realization that okay, if we get to eight and eight, like that's kind of what we expect.
0: This was a ten and six team, two years in a
1: row. Understood, but Chip Kelly and what screwed seven things. and nine last year? Chip Kelly screwed things up royally. Now that there's a real general manager, oh, did I say those words? Oh, oh, oh no. But now that there's a better general manager, and right now I could definitely say that Howie Roseman's a better general manager than Chip Kelly. Oh my god. Are you serious? Yeah, I am serious. Look at the moves, fella. He was able to discard DeMarco. I don't want to be an Eagle Murray. He got rid of Byron. I refuse to tackle anyone. Maxwell. He got rid of some horrific contracts. He's done. Kelly
0: did not have an entire full season as a GM.
1: (laughs) Incomplete is his Was grade. Chip Kelly pulling the Incomplete. trigger out in San Francisco when they traded up to get back in the first round? Incomplete. To take a guard from Stanford, another Pac-12 guy? Give me a break. Charlie. Incomplete is his greatest? Incomplete. GM. Incompletely terrible. All right, That's
0: Philadelphia Phillies, number one pick in the draft. Here we go. On Thursday. Let's get excited. But first, the biggest news in Philadelphia, unfortunately, oh. Ryan Howard had a beer bottle thrown at him after Saturday's game. Oh God! Uh, we are now days past this. The suspect is still on the loose.
1: Matt from Villanova, <laughs> wherever you, Matt. If you listen to the Brotherly Love podcast, apparently his name is Matt from Villanova.
0: Well, if Matt listened, he would know that we don't condone this sort of thing. We you never can boo. Condone. Yeah. You can yell minus the obscenities because yeah. I have children now and I understand the importance of keeping it classy at a ball game. Yeah. You can drink your face off. But when would you ever, unless it's a hat trick in hockey, when are you ever throwing something on the playing surface? I mean, the Flyers and their fans, you know, chucking stuff on the ice during the Capital Series to cost the Flyers an extra penalty in a game that was already lost. I mean, that was embarrassing. We always have to hear about Santa Claus and the snowballs from 70 freaking years ago. And now this donkey sitting in the first row with with a replica jersey on, is my understanding. And it looks like a mullet from the photo. Uh, he's not very far from a security guard as he was trying to leave. So how in the hell did nobody else see this? And how has he not been apprehended already, first of all? Second of all, it's just embarrassing. I mean, this guy's not a real fan. He's not a real fan. I don't care how drunk you get. What has Ryan Howard ever done to this clown that he's going to launch something at him? Granted, he
1: missed. Granted, it's a plastic bottle. But, I mean, it's just just the thought process there is absolutely embarrassing. It's really. I mean, you hit on so many things, Joe. You're so right. And this is the problem. See, the problem is incidents like this happen. Now, they're not only in Philadelphia. But when they do happen in Philadelphia, it gets so it gets so much press. It gets so much – I mean, everybody's dialed in. And just like you said, it's like one idiot. And it's like where in your mind do you think it's a good idea to launch a projectile at a player – And then think that you can get away with it. The bottom line is, whenever they catch this idiot, and they will catch this guy, sooner or later, somebody's going to dime this guy out, or he'll turn himself in and do the right thing. But there's just no place for that. And like you said, what did Ryan Howard ever do? Look what the guy's done his entire career. We touched on it last podcast. He's having a terrible year. Yeah. The worst year. He's having a terrible end to his Phillies tenure. And that's a shame. And it's a real shame, but... No one deserves to be – as much as I hate some of the opposing players on the other team. For example, former giant Jeremy Shockey. Sure, I would have loved to throw in a beer ball, and <laughs> hit, hit him in the face. But uh, is that something? Am I really going <sighs> to just do that? I mean, no. You think twice about your actions. But Shockey. It's just, yeah, Shockey. What a loser. Another hate-the-face. But it's just so ridiculous. Then Philadelphia's going to get all this, you know, bad press – See, Philly fans do this, and we're just tired of it. Why can't we do something for the good? So, you know, I asked all the Philadelphia fans out there let's start doing good things. Like when people get injured on the field that we don't like, instead of cheering. Well, it was Michael Irvin. Well, I get that. But let, let's I just... was
0: cheering from my dorm room. <laughs> um, so, I, I hear you. The, I mean, the, let's the just, plea to
1: Philly's, to Philly fans. Yeah, let's just. It's just let's act the part. That's an excuse. Yeah. act the part. Just act like you've been there. You're going to a sporting event. Don't act like an idiot. Yeah, I'm I was not gonna saying say another word, you be but a I can't, ca- do that you can't, you can't be cloud. a. You can't
0: be a. Uh, I'm not saying you got to be a Cardinals fan where everything's great. Yeah. And the other team gets standing ovations when they're winning. I'm not saying that. Bring the passion. Bring the energy. Pack the stands. Get drunk. But don't be a jackass. Yes, don't be a jackass. To Ryan Howard's credit, uh, one of the quotes from this situation was, quote, I've done too much in this town to have that kind of stuff. If you want to yell out, you suck, that's whatever. But when you start throwing stuff, that's when stuff gets personal, end quote. That's from the big piece himself on uh, having a bottle land at his feet after Saturday's loss to the Brewers. Handled it classy, did Ryan Howard. He's dead on. He has done too much in this town. Exactly. He's fine if you yell, you suck, because he knows he's batting a buck fifty and he deserves it. But why are you throwing something? That's it. All right, Phillies have the number one Lock pick him on up. Thursday. Get him locked up, please. Yeah, where's uh, Judge Seamus McCaffrey? Seamus. Oh, boy. That's the all vet. we
1: need to reinstitute. Well, but are the only sports teams in America that have their own jails Why in every don't arena. Why they just put one at Xfinity Live? Exactly. There you go. That should be. It's yeah. just right in the it's back perfect parking spot. lot. spot. little double-wide
0: trailer. Ran out a little space.
1: A little double-wide jail. All
0: right. Phil's have the number one pick Thursday, Johnny Mita. Uh, Johnny Almorez, their n- new director of scouting because they cleaned some house there. Nice. Arbuckle and company are out. Uh, new GM, obviously, and Matt Clentak this year. You've got Andy McPhail. Running the running the show, and it's my understanding. Listening to Phil's broadcast the other day, and Moobs McCarthy, T Mac, oh, that knows. duster, never shuts up. Favorite, he's going on and on and, on and on and on and on and on and on and on. And they're talking about with Murph, who's also annoying, and Ben Davis, who I can't stand. Malvern okay. sucks, and he's like, <laughs> he's, and They're talking about how Klentak said Jeez. it's nice to see the war room. He's been on that, this side of the war room for the first time since he's a GM now. And they have generations worth of scouts and management in there debating all these players. Now, Charlie Manuel's been in the process. I, I have a problem with that. What, what does Chuck know about scouting talent these days? When was the last time Charlie Manuel scouted a player? Uh, do you have any idea? I don't know. It could have no. been last year. It could have been two weeks ago. It no, could have been see. three seasons yeah. ago. Just... I don't know. My gut, though, tells me Charlie Manuel shouldn't be involved in this process. All right?
1: You mean the same type of process that was used to pick Doug Peterson as that coach?
0: <laughs> With Ron Jaworski <coughs> sitting in, in the interview room. In
1: the seat. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's – it's that is... Anyway,
0: Clintak's comment was they have a lot of people involved. It's been good conversation. There's a lot of potential guys. There is no Bryce Harper – that stands out above everybody else. So they could go any number of ways. Maybe they know when they're playing coy. But Klintak said it's been nice to see everybody get together and hear all this banter about all these prospects. To me, you've got to get a bat. I'm sorry. I understand that, you know, some of these pitchers might be hit, you know, slightly above grading out. Than, but pitching, there there seem to be enough pitchers in the pipeline. And I know there's probably it's probably like defensemen and goaltenders in hockey and and quarterbacks in football to some extent, where you just can't have enough. If you've got good – if you have depth there, it can't hurt. But this Phillies offense is anemic. And if three years from now you can get a kid that bursts onto the scene and has some pop and can play maybe a corner outfield position, I'm thinking that's where they have to go number one overall.
1: Yeah, it's funny. We are kind of on the same wavelength there. I I, I mean, right now all the talk is this kid, A.J. Puck. He's a pitcher. Huge guy. He's, like, 6'5", good frame, nasty stuff. I mean, he throws in the high 90s. They said he's he's anywhere from 95 to 98 miles an hour with his fastball. And I kind of agree with Joe on this one. Like, we need that next superstar in, like, bat. And Joe put a ba- bat. This team is, like, minus, like, 40 in the run differential yeah. in the season. Like, you got to get a guy that's going to be – well, your corner outfield is—I mean, your corners are just in the outfield. It's the worst batting you'll ever see in major league history right now, which is crazy. But and you also know in our farm system too as well. There's really no—you got a shortstop coming up, possibly a first base in Randolph, young kid. But there is no good corner. Maybe the guy they got in the trade for Cole Hamels—he might be able to pan out. His name's Nick Williams. Yeah, they I'm said that the he could yep. bring some pop, but. You know, go try to find the next Mike Trout. I know he's not out there, Bryce Harper, but get the best bat in the draft. And I I agree with Joe, man. You look at these teams, and when the Phillies won the World Series in 2008, I mean, you look at their pitching staff and say that they were dynamic.
0: No, no, they were just lineup.
1: Their lineup, yeah. they were smashing the cover off the baseball. Yeah. They hit more home runs. And, and the Citizens Bank Park, man, it's such a hitter-friendly yeah. park.
0: And it hasn't been that way for the Phillies the last right. couple of years. <laughs> right. All right, so we're both in agreement. Back yep. for the Phillies, number one overall pick on Thursday. We'll see which direction they go. All right, a couple more things to get to before we get on out of here. Just kind of a, a one-segment, all-in-one brotherly love podcast here, which means less bumper music, I know. That disappoints everybody out there on SoundCloud.com. Uh, NBA NHL finals are huh. underway. Last time we talked, Golden State, Oklahoma City, Thunder, Game 7. We both like the Warriors. That proved to be correct and true. Now all of a sudden, they're up two games to none on the Cavs. Game 3 is tonight. You see any way the Cavaliers win this series?
1: No. <laughs> Not at all. And the reason why I say that is because LeBron right now has no help from some of the other big league ticket Guys on his team, the Kevin loves. We talked about Kevin Love off air. The guy is soft as the Pillsbury Doughboy. <laughs> I mean, he is just you know. And the the problem is, he's got a skill set where he can go down low, and he's got great post moves. But the guy just wants to sit on the perimeter, thinking that he's some six two shooting guard, and just sit out there. And he doesn't want to rebound, and he doesn't want to do the dirty work on the defensive end, and. That's the one thing you look about this Golden State Warriors team, man. everybody accepts their role for what it is. It's amazing. You know, Murray Spates comes in. They see him. He comes in, and they set plays for him because they know he can shoot three points. But everybody knows what their niche is, and that's what they do. And LeBron, if there's any chance that Cleveland has a shot in this series, LeBron needs to take over. And LeBron needs to do, like, an Allen Iverson impression or a Jordan, and he needs to put up about 35 to 38 shots. And I think that is the only way. You look at the reason why they won a couple games last year and made that somewhat of a series is the fact that he just got so mad he decided to take over. Kyrie Irving's done nothing, and there are other Roll Smiths, guys like J.R. Smith, you know, Iman Shumpert. These guys aren't shooting well at all. And if you let – See, the thing that people underestimate about the Golden State Warriors is how good their defense is. Yeah. You know, you don't get to be 73 and 9 unless you're playing good defense. Look at the teams that Joram were on. You know, they had basically Michael Joram ready, okay, all NBA defender. Scottie Pippen, all NBA def- defender. Look at the likes of Dennis Rodman. The guy was a tremendous defender, rebounder of the basketball. And they kind of have those pieces. They have guys that want to play defense. As much as we did not like Andre Iguodala in this town. He
0: can defend. Yeah.
1: The guy can defend. He's athletic his, and long. His, yeah. I mean, he's one of the best defenders in the league, bar none. So,
0: Has, Have no. you seen anybody move the ball on all the basketball you've watched, like yeah. the Golden State Warriors? Yeah. That unselfishness. Can you think of a team? Now, Magic Johnson just came out and said a yeah. Showtime Lakers would beat the Warriors. You can't compare those eras. No. The no. Game's too
1: different. No, the game is
0: too different. And, and, and the old heads want to hate. This is the other thing. I, yeah. And, Good point. I'm gonna go, I'm going to go kind of off the grid here. But recently I just saw a snippet of a quote from Wayne Gretzky about Sidney Crosby and how well he's been playing in the finals and in this playoff run and it's it's the proof's in the pudding. He's been great. He has be, he has taken over in the last 3 weeks the number 1 ranking in the world if you will. Cuz for a while Crosby was was being hated on. I'm one of them. There are players that were surpassing him. Stamkos is better, Ovechkin's having a better year, this guy's having a better year. Taves is better. Kane's better. Whoever. Sidney Crosby's the best player in the world right now, this moment. He He's playing. He's reminding everybody why he has been so good and why he's a, a surefire Hall of Famer and why he really, for a while, helped save the game of hockey. But Gretzky went out of his way to, to, to say that, to talk about how, uh, how good he has been and how good he is, what a great player he is. I don't see that in other sports. All the ba- old baseball players are hating on Bryce Harper. Right? We saw that Goose Gossage trash and Yeah. Him. In basketball, you got Jordan and Shaq and all these guys. Magic Johnson come out. Oh, we would have beat that team. We could have beat that team. What's with all the hate from the old guy? Football. The, the Dolphins celebrate every time the last undefeated team loses. Chuck I mean, Benner,
1: Charlie, was a hater for life. Can we you know? please
0: can, – can the old heads please just move on? Just retire? Yeah. I don't care about – you know. That's great. And just give credit where credit's due. Yes, they're a like, great team. The Golden, like, like, the Golden State Warriors are a great team. The greatest team ever in the regular season. And if they win another title and possibly one more over the next two years, they start to get in that dynasty
1: era. I'm sorry yeah. they do. Yeah. There's no like wh- And where like,
0: are they going to get worse?
1: Yeah, and like Or it's, when. And like you said, too, is the other thing is that they are, and I've been saying this every time I watch this team. I love watching Golden State Warriors fight, and just like the point you brought up, I've been saying this all along, they're the most unselfish team I've ever seen. They don't care who gets 50 points. Right. If Marie Spates gets 50 points, if Leandro Barbosa or Andrew Bogut goes off for 30, they don't care. It's all about win, and it's all about team for them. And how unselfish and how much they pass them. It's just amazing, too. You'll see them run a play. They'll get this great shot, but they always make that extra pass to get the even better shot. And at this level, you'll never see that again. I've never seen anything like it. I mean, the way they pass, I mean, they're just, and they, the way they communicate with each other on the floor, talk to, on the defensive end, it's 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 beauty. It's, it's watching a great product. And that's exciting for the NBA to get back to, you know, because everybody talks, like you said, you're talking about the old heads, like the golden age of basketball. You're talking about when yeah, was ball Jordan, and good shooters. Jordan and Bird were in the league and Magic and Charles Barkley and those great teams and, and Houston and the Knicks. And there were so many Stockton great teams. Stockton and Malone. And, and, yeah, yeah. and there were so many great teams. Like, why but can't it wasn't one-on-one on one basketball. basketball. No. And that's why these guys – and that's the other thing about Golden State. You look at a lot of other NBA teams, it's the, you know, it's the one-on-one. It's right. the pick and roll. You look at a team like Golden State, everybody's moving. Something's yes. doing something. And you got to love their effort every night. They play hard as hell, and oh. I love that about them.
0: All right, so the Warriors look like they're going to win yeah. their second Wrap straight title. Yep.
1: National Hockey League.
0: It's not if, it's now When? But four hours across the other side of the state, the Pittsburgh Penguins are about to win their fourth franchise, uh, four Stanley Cup in franchise history. They have a three game, to, three games to one lead on the Sharks. You and I both picked the Sharks because they look so damn dominant. We weren't trying to discount Pittsburgh. Some of you out there are probably thinking we were haters. Part of it, yes, I hate the Penguins, but I knew they were a good team. Yeah, they were in the finals. Listen, I, I. I you know, I didn't think the Tampa Bay had a fair chance to beat them because of the injuries, and we talked about that last last podcast. But they took the Capitals out pretty quickly, six games, I believe, and, and the Caps had a 120-point season, and they beat the Rangers with somewhat ease, and you got Lundquist in net for New York. So, you know, I knew Pittsburgh was a good team. I knew they had depth. I knew they had a great young goaltender playing out of his mind, and Matt Murray. But they have made the Sharks look pedestrian. Like, yeah pedestrian. The the dominance we saw San Jose controlling pucks in the offensive zone and scoring at will and playing with pace. They don't even get shots. Shots have been 2 to 1, 3 to 1 advantage in Pittsburgh's favor every night outside of the third period last night where the Sharks knew if they didn't win they were probably going home. There there hasn't been a dominant period pretty much by San Jose outside of the second period in game 1. So you're talking about two periods in four games that have been played uh between these sides. And, and Pittsburgh's pretty much won every period but two.
1: Yeah. I Listen, I'll be the first one to admit, it. I can't stand Pittsburgh. I despise them with great passion. But I also knew how good they were coming in the regular season. And let's face it, since the All-Star break, they were probably the hottest team in the NHL. Yeah. They were clicking on all cylinders. They get their one goaltender gets injured. The guy they bring up, Murray, has been incredible in the playoffs. I mean, he's just been – he's playing over his head. But we sat, we watched the game last night, and almost crying in tears of just what the result of that was. But and you said it; it's just been total domination from Pittsburgh start to finish. And the problem is the Sharks never get off to a good start. Yeah. You know I was telling you last night, like when is this team going to come yeah. out and they go up to? They're now one nothing ten They're, minutes in every game. Every five game, minutes in every game. Yeah. And when you when you play from behind, yes. it takes you so much you know effort and energy to get back into that game. Then when it comes down to trying to close that particular game out, you have nothing left in the tank. Yep. And then I think that's kind of where the San Jose Sharks are. I'm not saying that they're completely done, but they're going to have to give forth a monumental effort to try to steal that game in a hostile environment in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Not looking good I've... for the Sharks. Not to say that they don't have the talent no. to, to to come back, but it's 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 a uh, it's a tough mountain to climb right now. I'd love to see the series go six or seven games. I think Pittsburgh's going to close
0: it out Thursday night. If I heard Doc Emmerich write last night at the end of the broadcast, there have been 11 titles won in Pittsburgh since the last title won actually in the city limits. <laughs> so the Steelers, the Pirates, the Penguins, they've been winning on the road when they've been winning lately. Yeah, I kind of think that Sidney Crosby and company are going to want to hoist that thing at home at the old igloo. <sighs> uh, we'll see if that's the case come Thursday night. But if you had told me yeah. 2009 the Penguins won it all, if you had told me that in, back then, seven years later, Crosby would, would just be possibly clinching his second cup, I would have told you were crazy. Yeah. Let's be honest. I uh, thought they had a chance to win three, four, five cups. The Kings and the Blackhawks have won more cups since the Penguins last won theirs. Yeah. You know, that's
1: pretty remarkable. So, but just goes to show how dominant the West has been and yeah. kind of on to why we kind of predict the Sharks.
0: to Yeah. Finally, Muhammad Ali passed away earlier this week. RIP to the champ. Lennox Lewis and Will Smith are going to carry the coffin at his funeral. I
1: heard that last night.
0: Uh, Obviously, I never saw him. You never saw him. Nope. (laughs) Uh, That's a shame because one of the greats of all time, not only in the ring, outside of the ring, what he meant for the African-American community, the sport of boxing, uh, so many levels outside of knocking people out on a regular basis.
1: Yeah, he was – this guy was bigger than life. Yes. I mean, back in the day, obviously Joe and I weren't around when he was boxing, but boxing was must-see TV yeah. sport. I'm talking in the 60s and the 70s, like, in the like, it was the thing. Like, if there was, like, a big boxing match, like, when we were growing up, when we were really young, like, you know, when Mike Tyson yeah. was fighting. Iron Mike was getting when on When Iron Mike was him. getting on, it was like, man, where are we going? Somebody's got to get this fight. Like, let's check it out. But what he did for everyone, he was such what he stood up for. He did, decided not to fight, you know, in the Vietnam War. And that was a huge statement. And he said, I'm not going. I'm not going to be a part of this. And stood up for his beliefs. But I've heard so many stories on the radio. This guy's even more remarkable. If anybody has the time, effort, I even, because I don't know that great deal about, you know, what he was, but I would love to read. But all I hear is these great stories like the guy always took the time. And this is what I respect about athletes and some athletes I like today and some I just think are scumbags. But you got to love and respect the athlete that will take the time to meet the fan or to to do something with the fan, engage with the fan, so to speak. And this guy was the number one at it. He would go to people's houses. He would invite people in his door. He spent a lot of time in the tri-state area. For I mean, he lived in, like, Cherry Hill for, like, it's amazing how much time he spent in this area. He was a great champ. He was a great ambassador of life. The guy was so funny. Like, you're looking at, like, entertaining in sports today. Like, listen, he talked the biggest game. You want to talk about trash talking, okay? Yeah. Muhammad Ali invented trash yeah, talking. And everyone took that and his showmanship. You know, you see the end zone dances today. You see the celebrations. That's kind of like a characteristic or a... um, It spawned a little bit. Yeah, it's like from him because he was such the showman. But he had that big, you know, outgoing kind of... Everybody thought maybe he had like a little bit of an ego. But then when they got to know the real person, he was just a terrific human being. So, listen, this guy fought Parkinson's for 32 years. You want to talk about a fighter... That guy is a straight-up fighter. My hat is off to him because that's just amazing. I know what some of these diseases are, I'm kind of in the healthcare business, and I know what that's going like. And I'm also a caregiver, so I know what it's like to take care of people with, you know, basically conditions that are that difficult. That is amazing that he fought that for 32 years and was able to just continue to live his life. And, uh, you know, rest in peace, Muhammad Ali. Um, I'm definitely going to do you know, more research and try to learn more about him. But I just know what a great ambassador he was to the sport of boxing, to sports in general, professional sports. His relationship with the great Cosell, I mean, Howard Cosell, the interviews that they did. I mean, he was just magic on a microphone. I love listening to him speak, and and it's that voice that resonates. If you play his voice like a sound clip of his voice, you're going to know exactly who that is. Yeah. You're going to be like, and the that's the champ And the cadence. Yeah. And you're gonna say that's Muhammad Ali, yeah.
0: so yeah. Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. One of his great lines of all time. Muhammad Ali, passing away on June 3rd. All right,
1: brother. Know you got to run. Hit him straight tonight. Always nice <laughs> catching yeah, we'll up with the Yeah, we'll see how this rain Yeah, looking forward to it, buddy. And uh, as always, we appreciate all the love, everybody listening. Listen, try to give us some feedback. We're always, you know, hit up our our, our email and. If there's something you want to hear, there's national stuff. I mean, we're, we're ready to bring it all to the table. We can speak on pretty much everything. Brotherly Love Podcast
0: at Yahoo.com. That's the email address on Twitter, at Love Podcast. SoundCloud.com. It's the Brotherly Love Podcast. Until next time, we'll see See Thanks for listening to the Brotherly Love Podcast on SoundCloud.com. Yes, that was my
1: first time uh, knocked down as a professional. And, um... Uh, I had to get up to take care of things after that because uh, it was rather embarrassing me on the floor. And uh, as you know, I think that I'm the greatest and I'm not supposed to be on the floor. So I had to get up and put him on out in four as I predicted.